It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Presented by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. You can use their free, free mobile app as well as uh, FetchMeDelivery.com. I'm Zach Blackerby and joining us on today's edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast from the other side of the country. You're on Phoenix, right, Michael? Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7. Yes, Zach, it's so good to hear your voice. Dude, I miss you so much. It's, it's. I, I was a little worried I'd never hear it again. Well, we're good. We're kind of back together. You're coming back in town tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Eleven hours of flying, and I'll be there. Gosh, that does not sound fun at all, dude. But man, yeah, I, I've missed you a ton. How was how was your uh, how was your Christmas? All I've done for the last four days is eat Mexican food and and play pickleball. So. Um, my body's not too happy with me. Okay. Um, I'm my insides and my outsides are sore, but I, I've had a very good vacation. How was Ohio? Um, it was Ohio, man. Glad to be back. I talked about it a little bit on the the, the podcast yesterday, but my mother in law got this uh, this new cat, and she's had this one cat it's like a short haired thing, and so like normally my eyes would just get itchy. But she got this new one. It's a, the, it's a longer haired cat, and like I woke up at like three thirty in the morning the first night, like unable to breathe it was crazy so i uh wait you're allergic to cats i am yeah dude i'm allergic to cats too gosh i miss you so much we have so much in common it's crazy it's crazy what do you think of the uh what do you think of the outback bowl coming up Uh, i'm excited i mean that's really what it comes down to uh a lot of you know the bowl games this season have kind of stunk there's there have been, you know, a lot of blowouts, a lot of uh, a lot of games that don't really seem worth watching after the first quarter, or, or after halftime. I mean, Cle- Clemson and Ohio State, or yeah. I mean, yeah, Clemson, Ohio State. That's the only. That's really the only one. And, and to be fair, it it, it kind of opened up as a snoozer. I mean, Ohio State was doing whatever they wanted, and then of course Clemson came back and won it. But yeah, outside of that bowl game, I haven't really enjoyed watching any of the games this year. Mm-hmm. The uh, yeah, unless you're you know someone who's got money on one of the games and you're watching through the end to make sure they cover a spread or hit the over under these these bowl games haven't been that exciting. I, I know and you bet a lot like on the uh, on the over under. How's that been going? Uh, stayed away from the playoff games because I was afraid. Uh, but the other three that I, or four I've been two and two, so you know okay. not. Not incredible, but not a very big sample size either. So, Michael, where do you sit on the whole? You know, when LSU was essentially scoring at will against Oklahoma, and Joe Burrow scoring seven times in the first half, it's ridiculous. But the um, where do you stand on the whole? Like from the Auburn perspective, of Auburn held this team to twenty three points in Baton Rouge. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's pretty obvious that right now the the way that it's all set up is a little broken. Um, there's obviously not a perfect way to do it. You can look at the NFL and the 9-7 and seven 
Eagles are about to host the 13 and 3 Seahawks in the playoffs uh just because they're in different divisions but uh, I think it's pretty obvious that the four best teams aren't getting in like Texas who went 8 and 4 or 7 and 5 this season didn't uh, they gave LSU a better game than OU did yeah and you know, you don't really want to take, like, you can't say OU's not deserving. They did run the table in, in their conference. You know, they lost one game. It was a close game. So it's uh, it's hard to say they didn't deserve to be in the playoff, but they certainly didn't look like they belonged there. Well, a lot of they people are saying look- that this is the argument to expand to, to six or eight. And my thing is, and I've said this the past few years, is there's usually three teams that deserve it, and then it's the fourth team that just kind of gets in. And I just, I don't think this is an argument to expand it. If anything, I think it's to look, it's like, oh, well, maybe the BCS won so bad after all. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I think you're right. Now, I think, I think it's more fun if you take it to eight. And I think it gives more teams a chance. But I don't think the games are going to be better. I, I, I don't think that really fixes the issue. I think the argument is that you're going to give a team like Baylor, who... You know, they flipped up against one team this season. They had two losses, but but they slipped up against one team, and the defense carried them the whole season, right? And so you're going to give Baylor's very, very good defense a, a chance to go play Oklahoma or Ohio State's high-powered offense and see you know what they can do in a one-game situation. You're going to give a team like Florida, who's really had an incredible season and has shown that they can play with all the best teams, a chance to do just that. You're going to give Georgia a chance to do the same. And, you know, maybe the the situation or, or maybe the games will turn out the way that these did this weekend where you have, you know, a blowout. I mean, I'm sure the group of five team that they'd have to put in to make that happen would just get annihilated by whoever the number one team is. And, and I also think that there's a pretty good argument that this LSU team and really the Clemson team last year are the two best teams that we've seen in college football in a long time. Yeah, this LSU team is special. I mean, it, it really is. And in a weird way, I'm kind of expecting Clemson to win just because they just haven't lost in so long. I think they've forgotten how to do it. Yeah, I agree. And and Trevor, I don't know Trevor Lawrence was particularly mobile, but it's like every time I watch that dude, I'm just like, oh, yeah, he's still the best. Yeah, he's good, man. He's good. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on, so find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so Auburn going into the Outback Bowl, they, they've, uh, they're pretty much all done with their practices at this point. Did you see over the weekend where there, uh, there was a 20-minute media period and Malzahn was like, hey, we're not going to run any plays until the media leaves? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. And then they, I also saw that there's like a little media work area there for the, for the guys. Yeah, and they like made a barricade out of like a table and a, a Gatorade <laughs> towel. Yeah, so they couldn't see anything or, or walk out into practice. I love it, man. I love it. I think it's and funny. It's not just that 
not just the distrust, but like these are supposed to be like your boys. Like <laughs> they cover Auburn. A lot of them have covered Auburn for you know, twenty years. <laughs> the idea that they'd be like these are the plays they ran. It's just I love it. I love it. This is what makes college football great. The pettiness is awesome, you know, and, and and I think it genuinely makes some people mad. And I think if if Auburn had maybe lost the Iron Bowl, I think the uh, the opinion's a little bit different to how Malzahn handles things. But I think that win over Alabama kind of got him a little bit of a lease on um on some time as far as being in Auburn fans' favor. But it's just, it, it, well, I don't know. It, him, it's it's a double edged sword, right? The Outback Bowl. Yeah, you bought him time till the Outback Bowl. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. If the Outback Bowl goes poorly, the opinion will flip right back. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like teams only, uh, fans only care uh, care about bowl games if you win, right? It only matters. You know, they'll say it doesn't matter for three or four weeks, and then, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then if you lose, then then suddenly it matters. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. no, you're right, you're right. But I don't know the whole like secretive thing is. it's crazy to me because uh, if it if it genuinely helps you win, then, that, then that's fine. I, I just I, I just have a hard time buying the fact that you know what your what if you're on a play or two across you know a twenty minute window with the media watching, it's going to affect the outcome of your game against Minnesota. Especially since yeah. Minnesota's uh, offensive coordinator is not even going to be there, which is um, I think a, a a huge element, and I, I think it just kind of goes to show like. You know, I, I said a few weeks ago, Michael, and you, uh, and Painter was with us as well, and you were kind of shocked at how confident Painter and I were going into this game after this uh, the matchup was revealed. And I just, I, I still, I think Auburn's going to take it to him on Wednesday. I really do. I really, really hope you're right. But Auburn's not going to have their offensive coordinator. Uh, just like Minnesota's not going to have theirs. I know it's a little different. I think it's a lot um, different, right? I mean, with, one called plays and one one didn't, and the guy calling plays for Auburn is still there. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. No arguing with that. But I I think this Minnesota team is very, very good. Um, I think this Auburn team is very, very good. I hope they come out and just absolutely stomp them. But I think this is going to be one of the more competitive bowl games that we've seen so far. Uh, I think Auburn is going to pull away in the end. I think the Auburn defense is just too good. Um, they're definitely going to be the best defense Minnesota's seen this season. Um, I'm very excited. I think this is going to be a really fun game. You got plans? Do I have plans? Yeah. I assume you were going to come over and watch it. Oh, cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, then we can, uh, we can record a podcast from the house after it. Ooh. All right, you in? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get to. I didn't get to use the the roadcaster in Ohio because I felt like death. So we can use it. We we can use it at uh, at my house. I'm pumped. Sweet. Taking the podcast on the road. That's right. A whole like all the way to all the way to Opelika. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So I, I talked on the podcast yesterday, Michael, about Nick Coe's decision and how it affects things. And a lot of folks on on Twitter and a lot of Auburn fans saying like that it was um, that it was a dumb move by him. And I just I don't buy it. I, I think it was the best move for him. I think the best move for him would have been to to transfer schools. Okay. Uh, try to try to play for another season as a grad transfer, maybe, you know, show that some of the issues that we heard leak out about why he wasn't getting so much playing time this year, um, try to get some of those fixed, I guess. Although it seems like it was kind of an effort thing. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, you wish him the best. I under- You understand why he did it. You know, he already struggled really to get playing time this season. And, with the guys behind him playing the way that they did, because his whole the entire defense played so well this year, and and so with the other edges or Bucks, um, really both playing so well, more young guys coming in as true freshmen. All the the true freshmen you brought in last year being guys who are expecting and really look like they're going to get significant amounts of significant amount of playing time. Yeah. I, like it's hard to blame him for not wanting to be here anymore. Yeah, and him just kind of playing a little bit at all four positions on the line, or really three of the four positions on the line. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that I don't think that helped him. I don't think that helped him at all. But I, I think I that mean. I think that kind of points to what the issue was in regards to him taking that next step. Is I don't think the position that he plays is an actual position on Auburn's defense. And I think the NFL is going to like him because he's going to test really well. And I think he can stand up on the edge at the next level. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think it speaks to kind of him and the way that he's been playing and the kind of some of his issues at Auburn that they never really found a positional home for him. It was like he didn't really excel at at any of the any of the three positions that he was playing. Yeah, couldn't really couldn't. Well, I, I don't really, you know, you and I both didn't really like him in the interior defensive line at all. But right. on the outside, it was, you know, they just couldn't hold, he couldn't hold his position. But they knew they had to get him on the field, so they kept trying him at different spots. Yeah, I mean, they even went out of their way to to make sure he was listed as a starter. And yeah. e- even though he wasn't really a starter, but... I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm just going to miss him a whole lot. I, I, I wish the guy well. I think the NFL is going to like him. Uh, and, and I think he's gotten some information and, and some advice saying, like, hey, you're going to test well. Hey, I think you're going to like be able to not have to put your hand on the ground and play defense at the next level. And I think, um, I think it's going to fit his style of play a lot better. The big question is, where does his – or what was the biggest issue at Auburn – because it sounds like there was some relational problems in regards to you know him lollygagging around at practice, and you know Malzahn said that there's a standard that he didn't meet. Like, what caused that? Was he just frustrated with playing time? Was you know is that is that a deeper issue? That the, that's what the NFL is going to look at with Nick Coe. 
because they don't they don't care how much you played. They want to know why you didn't play, right? I mean, they, they draft they, they draft backup guys that that are better than their starters, and you know the NFL is typically right when they do stuff like that. They, they they don't care, they don't care about your playing time. In fact, sometimes I think it helps you. I mean, that was my biggest thing with with Alvin Kamara when he was entering the draft. It's like he hadn't been hit that much, so. Uh, a little different with defensive players, but I, I think that's. Um, I, I really think the league is going to like him once they kind of jump into um, jump into all of that, and especially if you can get a, a combine invite and uh, participate in Indy this offseason. I think that's going to be a, a big thing. So, who else are you expecting to lose uh, outside of outside of the obvious guys that are going to graduate? Is, is Noah Benogany the only other one that's kind of trending towards leaving in your mind? Yeah, he's really the only person I can think of um, unless KJ Britt gets some information that's like you know we're, we're getting talks you could sneak into the second or third round he's just not that tall right how tall is KJ Britt I'm gonna look it up yeah I don't know you look it up but Dude, I mean the guy up. had an incredible season he's they call him downhill for a reason and it's a uh, he's six foot 236 I, I just don't think they're gonna like him I don't think they're gonna like that yeah I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the issue that Deshaun Davis ran into is, I mean, they want these linebackers yeah. that are 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, the 236, I think, is perfect. But the whole the whole height thing, that's going to be an issue when you're asked to defend tight ends and stuff. So I don't know. I don't think KJ Britt's an NFL guy. That stinks. I it like does. Britt. I do, too. I do, too. And it stinks uh-huh. because, like, same like Deshaun Davis, it's like it's not their fault yeah. that they're not 6'3". Yep. And they got everything else, you know. Well, then maybe not. Maybe maybe Noah's the only guy. I'm still not even convinced Noah's going to leave. I think he'd be crazy not to. Unless he really values academic. But it's like, you can come back and get the degree, man. Like, you see you see, uh, you see, see players do that all the time. I, I just, I don't get what he benefits from staying. Um, he's only played the position for a year and a half. I think I think he, he should did. use that as an argument for you know why he should be drafted. I, I think that argument goes away if he stays and plays another year. Yeah, I guess. I just feel like, look, I I like Noah. I like him as a player. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys who gets picked on day three and they're like super raw, hasn't spent a lot of time, but. God bless, is he an athletic freak? And then he becomes a millionaire. And I don't know how money motivated Noah Benogany is. I don't know, but I mean, he's going to be a millionaire either way, whether or not he stays for another year. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, just I mean, and, but think think. And that, if he comes out and play, I mean, if he comes out, and he's a lockdown corner, like one of the best in the SEC next season. He could be a first round pick. I think he was already one of the best this. in the SEC, though. I may be blindly yeah, too if, high on him, you know, and, and I've said that throughout the year. Like I love Noah Benogany. I may be way too high on him, but I just think everything that the NFL looks at with defensive backs, as far as footwork, as far as raw athleticism, they like guys who are typically trusted in the return game at the at the college level because they don't want to kill their receivers and running backs doing that. So I think that's a benefit to him. Uh, the rawness I think works in his favor. And then he's got freaking long arms. He can tie his shoes without bending over. I, I mean, these are all things that the NFL is just going to absolutely love about him. So I, I, we'll see. We'll see, man. And, you know, if, if he does come back, it's going to be huge for the Tigers. Yeah. 
I feel like if he comes back, you're going to be saying it's like Derek Stingley Jr. in LSU and Noah Benagi. They're the two best in the SEC, two of the best in the country. Like, he's going to get talked about as a first-round pick and, and all that. And, you know, depending on Noah, that could be enticing for him. And then you talked about the degree, if he wants to finish his degree. And, you know, and, and then there's also the whole Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, Prince Tegas decision from last year. Right? And and he yeah. it was he went through that, and he watched that happen. And he watched the community's response to that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Let me and give he, you... watched, he watched how it benefited those guys. Let me give you a dark horse name for a guy that may leave early. What about a guy like, uh, what about Booby Willow? Yeah, I could see Booby Willow going, absolutely. I think he should, because I don't think he's going to play next year. Yeah, with the, the quarterback room he's got behind him, it's, uh, it's, uh, it'd be a Peyton Barber-like decision. The running backs? Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, DJ Williams uh, and, and, um, and you know, a lot of people are high on Tank Bigsby and Mark Anthony Richards is a big wild card in all of this and, like, those are the names. Those are the three names that everybody's tossing around. They're they're not tossing around Booby Whitlow. Mm-hmm. And like those, that's three names, and that's what half of the running backs that we could see play next year. Right, and you know Harold Joyner's going to get a few uh, a few touches a game, I think, and then you know same with Sean Shiver. So it's just like I don't know. His stock's not going to go up. You know, at, at least. What are the arguments for him right now if he goes? I mean, obviously he's going to have the the injury bug the question mark, but mm-hmm. he's got athleticism. It's you know he he could be a gadget guy and you know maybe a, maybe a solid third down back. Um, if he gets I buried by guys that. younger than him, I think that I think that hurts him. Yeah, absolutely, I I agree with you, and they uh, I agree with you, and I. I don't know. I like Booby Whitlow a lot more than you do. We talked about that a lot with the season. I, yeah. I think patience is something that you know helps him a lot. Uh, the the whole like he played quarterback in high school thing. Obviously, he's a smart guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's just. I agree. Uh, I think you could easily see him go. Um, you could see this turn into a, a similar situation with uh, was it Cam Petway? Who had the great season, and then the next year, like barely played at all. Right, or wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. And, and some I mean, of that, Brian I think, was him being bad, and then some of that was the whole like plantar fasciitis thing. But yeah, I mean, either way, he went from a thousand yard rusher to like a you know two hundred yard rusher the next season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I know Booby hasn't hit that thousand yard threshold, but he was on his way this season. You've seen he can be productive in the SEC, even if it's not on the level that Auburn fans really would have loved. And it's kind of a shame that, you know, you're exactly right. He, there's a decent chance he comes back next year and is the fourth running back on the depth chart. Michael Pappas no, of ESPN 106. Sorry, bud. I, th- I thought you were done. I was going to say, I don't know if Gus will bury him like that because Gus tends to, you know, give his older guys the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But we even saw him kind of shy away from Cam Martin this season. It's true. Yeah, he clearly loves. That's true. That's true. Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7 joining us remotely from uh, from Phoenix. And 
You'll uh, you'll be in town tomorrow, and we'll watch uh, we'll watch the the game together, and we'll uh, we'll pot it up all the way from Opelika uh, doing a post game. So if you log in uh, or if you get on your podcast app uh, Wednesday morning, it's not there. It'll uh, it'll go up after the uh, after the Outback Bowl. Follow Michael on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. We follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.